0: King Arthur was riding back toward Camelot. It was almost Christmas, and it was his custom at the Christmas season to meet with the knights of the round table around that great table and there to tell the stories of what had happened in the year before. What dragon they had slain, what Turkish knight they had vanquished, what damsel in distress they had rescued. Arthur had sent his squire on ahead to warn the castle of his homecoming. As he neared the glen by the green chapel, a place thought to be inhabited by wizards and demons, he heard his name called out, "Ah, Arthur, King of the Britons! He peered into the glen, but could see no shape of any mortal man. Again a voice. Arthur, king of the Britons. He dismounted, walked into the glen, and as his eyes became accustomed to the dim light, there he saw a giant of a knight, three times the size of a normal man, clad all in green armor from his helmet to his shoes, and in one hand the great knight held an axe, the blade of which was an L-rod long and sharp as any razor. Arthur, if thou art as brave as thy brave knight say, thou wilt stand against me in some Christmas sport. What sport is that, Sir Knight? The beheading game. (laughs) One strike apiece, and you may strike the first blow. The knight handed the axe to Arthur. Then the great knight knelt upon the ground, took his helmet off his head, bared his neck. Arthur, his honor at stake, took the axe, brought it down upon the knight's neck with such force that the head of the knight rolled across the glen. But the body did not fall. It picked itself up dusted itself off, walked over to its grisly head, placed it back upon its grisly shoulders, and laughed a grisly laugh. ha, 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 ha. My turn. <laughs> now the knight took the axe. Arthur, his honor at stake, knelt upon the ground, took his helmet off his head, bared his neck, and listened as the axe whistled through the air, but stopped before it touched his neck. Arthur, thou art too easy a prey. I'll give thee respite and a riddle. If thou canst solve the riddle in a year, I'll spare thy life. If thou canst not, I'll have thy head. What is thy riddle, Sir Knight? The riddle is this. Of all that can be won or lost, what does a woman want most? Arthur remounted his steed and rode back toward Camelot. When the sentry spied him, he sounded the trumpet, and all of the knights and ladies of the court came to the tops of the parapets and cheered the king's homecoming. Arthur crossed the drawbridge, stabled the horse, went into the womb of the round table where all of the knights were waiting to tell their stories, what dragon they had slain, what Turkish knight they had vanquished, what damsel in distress they had rescued. When it came round to Arthur, he too told the story of meeting the knight in the glen. Now, ladies of the court, I need your help of... All that can be won or lost, what does a woman want most? First he turned to Queen Guinevere, his wife. The queen looked up at Arthur and said, Oh, my liege, there is nothing that I would want except what you would have for me. This was a very long time ago. (laughs) Each... Of the married women gave the self-same answer, that they would want nothing except what their husbands had for them. When it came to the unattached women, the single women, they had more creative answers. Uh, Some said flattery, some said land, some said jewels, some said Sir Gawain. For Sir Gawain was the handsomest and noblest of all of Arthur's knights. And yet, after every woman had answered the question, Arthur knew that he did not have the true answer to the question, for his heart did not blaze within him as he knew it would. And so he said, I shall go throughout my kingdoms, England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, Brittany, and ask every woman that I meet the answer to this riddle till I find the one that burns my heart within me. And so he went from pillar to post, from hamlet to village to castle, asking every woman that he met the answer to the riddle. And still it was, a year later, with a heavy heart, that he returned to the glen by the green chapel, for he did not know the true answer to that riddle. As he approached the glen, he heard his name called out, except now in a different voice. Arthur, King of the Britons. (laughs) He turned round, and there, sitting below a tree, was the most disgusting hag he had ever seen. Her hair was all matted, and spiders ran in and out of it. Instead of teeth, she had two tusks, one that went down, one that went up. Her clothing stuck to her skin from the running sores thereon. The stench of the woman was worse than any stable, and there was liquid dripping from every opening in her face. Arthur, hast thou got the answer to thy riddle? No, I've asked every woman, uh, almost every woman in the <laughs> kingdoms, that I do not have the one that burns my heart within me. If I give thee the answer, wilt thou give me whatever it is I ask? Very well, lady. If you can save my life, I will give you whatever it is you ask. Very well, Arthur. The answer is this. Of all that can be won or lost, what a woman wants most. is sovereignty. The right to choose her own destiny. To be under the will of no one but that of God. When Arthur heard this answer, his heart blazed within him. He entered the glen and said, i return, Arthur, king of the Britons, has thou got the answer to my riddle? Of all that can be won or lost, what a woman wants most is sovereignty, the right to choose her own destiny, to be under the will of no one but that of God. When the knight heard this answer, he cried a grisly cry, disappeared in a puff of smoke. Arthur remounted his steed and began to ride toward Camelot when he heard behind him, Arthur, Arthur not forgetting something. He wheeled the horse about, went back to the old hag, lifted her upon the horse, took the bridle as though he were a common squire, and Arthur, king of the Britons, walked to Camelot. When the sentry spied him, he sounded the trumpet, and all of the knights and ladies of the court came to the tops of the parapets and cheered the king's homecoming. But their cheers turned to cries of dismay when they saw the unseemly guest. Across the drawbridge, he stabled the horse, and then with a lady on his arm, went into the room of the round table where no knight would speak before Arthur explained the strange guest, and he did so, explaining how the woman had saved his life that very day. And now, lady, I have promised to give you whatever it is you ask. What might that be? I would like Sir Gawain for my husband. (laughs) Three of the young women fainted dead away. Sir Gawain, handsomest and noblest of all the knights, rose from his seat, came round to the lady, genuflected before her, took her hand and said, Lady, it would be my honor if you would be my bride. Ah, Gawain, the pleasure will be mine. (laughs) So that very afternoon, Sir Gawain, handsomest and noblest of all the knights and the hag Ragnell were married. And so it was, as the sun was setting, he led his lady up the staircase to the bridal chamber, lifted her across the threshold, (laughs) placed her on the bed, turned round to close the door, and when he faced the bed again, the disgusting hag was gone, and in her place was a woman more beautiful than Gawain had ever seen. What magic is this? It is a strange magic, my lord. Where is my wife? I am your wife. No, the uh, the lady Ragnell is my wife. (laughs) Gawain, I am the lady Ragnell. You see, I've been cast under a spell. Half the time I am, as you saw me today, a disgusting hag. The other half the time I am, as I truly am, as you see me now. Now, Gawain, which would you rather have? A wife who is beautiful in the day and disgusting at night, or disgusting in the day and beautiful at <laughs> night? <laughs> Gawain searched his heart, and when he had decided, he faced the woman again and said, Lady, I choose that you decide for yourself. When he had said this, the woman's face broke into a smile. Tears came running down her cheeks. Gawain, thou hast done it. Thou hast broken the spell. Thou hast given me what every woman wants most, sovereignty, the right to choose her own destiny. And indeed, the spell was broken, and hag she was no more. And that night, they shared their sovereignty with one another. (laughs) And if the English language had words to describe the joy and ecstasy of that night, this story would be much longer, but alas.